0: What's up, coaches? Uh, hopefully, everyone's doing well. If you haven't yet, go check out our website, runthepower.com. Uh, you can find all of our podcast stuff on there. We've also just uploaded uh, to the free members a, a two minute video over B Gap Zone and to all of our premium members a 55 minute video over B Gap Inside Zone um, with all the different tags and, and things that we do out of that. So, uh, you guys make sure and go check that out. Uh, This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. It's really cool. Uh, Team Builder set up a wonderful deal for our listeners only. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. Enter the promo code RTP, and they will load a 10-week football off-season training program onto your trial account absolutely free. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Go visit them at TeamBuilder.com, which is Team B U I L D R.com, and on your free trial, uh, enter the RTP code. This episode is also brought to you by Guardian Caps. Both of our programs, uh, that being Broken Arrow and Ankeny High School, they both invest in Guardian Caps this year, uh, and, and we feel they are helping our guys. Broken Arrow, were are a, a tough, smash-mouth team, uh, and and it's helped our guys out, and it's helped our helmets out. They're soft-shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice, used uh, by over 100 colleges and thousands of high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them. Uh, go check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley thinks about them at OU and get some pricing. Uh, and the, the coolest part, especially other than the safety of the, of the kids – for coaches is, is the price. Uh, they're a lot more affordable, uh, than you would think when it comes to helmets, uh, and and it's a helmet cover, but anything to do with helmets is normally very expensive. They're, they're very affordable. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. Uh, last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication, offering cutting edge technology and innovation. Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level. With new and used headsets, end zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more, Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communications at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, by email at info@sidelinepower.com or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. On this episode of RTP, we talk with A.J. Stewart. Coach Stewart is currently the running backs coach at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. Listen as we talk with Coach Stewart about his playing days at the University of Kansas, his early coaching days at Rice University, and his insight on coaching running backs and what he looks for in the running backs he recruits and plays. You can follow Coach Stewart on Twitter at Coach Stewart. Hope you guys enjoy. sir. So, so kind of how we start them all is just kind of we'll, we'll let you introduce yourself and, and kind of talk about, you know, your, your rise to the ranks, if you will. And then kind of like, uh-huh. like uh, Coach Wall said, kind of what you're doing, what you're up to now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Stewart currently at BYU. Um, I played, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, played college ball at the University of Kansas under uh, Mark Mangino for three years. And then I played for uh, Turner Gill for two years um, at the end of my senior year. Se- senior season, uh, kind of knew I wanted to get into coaching. So, uh, John Reagan, uh, who was at Rice at the time, he was, he was one of the, uh, he was an O-line coach under Mangino's staff when I was at Kansas. So he reached out to me for the opportunity to come down to Rice to work with the running backs as a GA. Um, and I took, took the opportunity, you know, I thought I was just going to be a high school football coach, um, just going back to St. Louis or, or something like that. So, um, figured, figured I'd at least learn a little ball and, you know, get to live in Houston. So it was a good deal. And, you know, GA there for two years. And then uh, John Reagan left to go back to Kansas as the offensive coordinator. And uh, David Bailiff uh, promoted me to a full-time running backs coach during that time. So I was uh, at Rice for a total of six years and two years as a GA and four years as a, a full-time running backs coach. Um, and then this past uh, February is when I made the transition over to BYU as the running backs coach.
2: Coach, talk a little bit about that. I mean, that, that's got to be, you know, kind of nerve-wracking. You know, a, a coaching staff gets let go and you're kind of out there the first time. And, and honestly, you're probably, you know, not with guys that maybe you knew. What was it kind of like having to search, find that job? Or what was the connection that kind of got you the job at BYU? Because I know a lot of our younger listeners, you know, th- that's kind of the, the first thing that they want to hear about is like, you know, hey, how do I get that job? And then how do I get outside my network a little bit?
1: Well, well, definitely, it was uh, definite, definitely definitely uh, uncharted territories for me. But uh, actually, when when Mike Bloomgren when he came in, he uh, he sat us, you know, all the previous staff, and and just kind of let us know that you know he's making a transition, and obviously he's a new coach, and uh, he kind of had his guys in mind. But um, we actually uh, sat down and had a good talk, and um, he just he he told me he wasn't necessarily going to let me go for sure, but he wasn't for sure going to bring me back. So he just said, "Hey, let's." why don't you go out and, and actively pursue opportunities? And then, you know, if, if it works out, if, you know, if you find something, then let's, you know, let's talk about that. And then if, if, um if it works out at Rice, you know, after he's done his process and all that, then, um then it, then it will work out. So I actually really appreciated him for being transparent and not immediately shutting a door or shutting cool. the door on, on me. So that, that was a big, that was really cool and very encouraging, encouraging as a young coach. Uh, to know that, you know, through recruiting or, um, you know, my work ethic, whatever it may be that, you know, enough people say, you know, good things about me to where he, you know, even, you know, gave me a potential opportunity to stay. So, um, but with, with doing that, I did reach out to some, you know, some guys and let them know that I was looking and all that and um, didn't know anybody at BYU, but just, um, you know, football is a small network, you know, with, with coaches. So, uh just uh one of my coaching buddies uh reached out to, to BYU they knew they were he knew they were looking for a uh, running backs coach and hadn't known anybody on the staff and you know they kind of cold called me and went up on the interview and it just it just worked out
0: How how are you liking BYU so far coach It's it's got to be a, a little bit of a change from from Houston uh up to Utah mm-hmm. I know I know we. Uh, we yeah. played BYU my my senior year so uh, a little bit different country a little bit different you know layout all, all that stuff so you you getting used to that a little uh-huh. bit
1: oh yeah it's been phenomenal the people here are just very welcoming football is is king here and, you yeah. know and fans are are die and um, the support for the for the the staff and the football program is uh unmatched here so it's it's been a great Time for me summers aren't definitely aren't any uh near as hot, hot as houston no so i've been i bought some patio furniture a couple of days ago it's first time i've ever sat out on a, on a deck uh my whole life in the summertime so it's, it's really cool to feel you know feel the breeze in the summertime and stuff so um and it's the first camp that i didn't sweat the whole day when we were when we were doing uh summer camps for the for the high school kids so i can i can i can i can appreciate the lack of humidity here and. Um, just the support that the that uh, the people in, in Provo have for the football program here. It's, it's been a great uh, journey thus far.
0: Yeah, I, I bet. I bet that's that's uh, a lot lot nicer in the summers. Um, I, I kind of like to get back to, like you said, you kind of got the GA job. It, it sounded like you said you know going to learn a little bit of football and then had planned on on going and, and coaching and teaching in high school. Uh, what kind of yeah. made that that switch in in your mind to say? Yeah, hey, I think let's let's go ahead and just keep pursuing this and, and keep uh, coaching at the college level.
1: Well, truth, truthfully, it, I was kind of in that uh, after my second season before uh, Coach Reagan had – before he decided to go to, back to Kansas as the OC, I, I kind of didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do. I I kind of was tired of not making a lot of money, um, but I also <laughs> knew, you know, I had one more <laughs> – I had one more year, you know, at um, – you know, to be a GA if I wanted to. Um, but like I said, I've always been a high school guy at heart, you know, thinking I went to – my undergrad was health and PE. You know, I thought I thought I was just going to be a high school coach. So, you know, I, I thought about, you know, hey, maybe I'll find a, you know, a, a coaching job in Houston, at, you know, at a high school. Or, you know, I, I was kind of in that gray area that a lot of GAs get to, you know, where it seems like you don't, you don't really see light at the end of the tunnel and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of tired of eating – noodles for dinner and <laughs> just barely yeah. barely getting by so I've been so there it, man it, yeah it's so it, it really um it just it just all worked out and, and honestly throughout this whole thing it wasn't my whole career just from getting a GA job and getting here to BYU and getting promoted at Rice is it's, I, I attribute all that to God I mean it's it's not just me being a you know this great football coach is I, I do have a core you know that I'm, I'm gonna work hard and I'm gonna treat people right and, and do you know, do the right things. I think that gives you a chance, but, um, it's definitely not because I'm just the, this greatest, you know, guy that's very sought sought out after is just taking advantage of opportunities that are before you and, you know, work, working hard and, and, you know, uh, working towards, you know, building more responsibilities throughout your career.
2: That's awesome coach. I it's, it's glad to hear, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, that remain, remain humble before those opportunities, because, you know, Hey, you need, you know, you, you you were at the bottom of the totem pole. I, I was a GAA too, and you know, and, and I never got that chance to to interview, even for uh-huh. for a job. So I was, you know, uh, you get kind of bitter with with that. But it, it it it's cool that you say, you know, hey, God does have a plan, and and it all works out for the best. And, and you just kind of take advantage of those opportunities as they come. Um, sure. With those with those opportunities, um, what would you say? Kind of, you know, allowed you to to get those jobs? What would you say your strongest points are as a coach. I mean, would you say you know, hey, I'm a I'm a really good recruiter. You know, hey, I'm a good mm-hmm. disciplined guy, or I'm a, I'm a guy that <laughs> that can develop young players. I mean, what have you kind of seen that that's been your niche so far? Would you consider yourself, you know, hey, I feel like I'm pretty well rounded.
1: Yeah, I I think there's a, there's a couple things. Um, I think for one is is just the way that I treat people on a daily basis um, and just my interaction with with coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to just be a, a great example and. Just be just love others and and I learned a lot from from working for david bailiff he's a, he's one of the greatest men i've ever met in my life um and just he he's a big he's really big into servant leadership mm-hmm. and uh you know you you'd walk uh you know around the, the break room and you see him like sweeping and wiping down counters and stuff and this is a you know head football coach of you know he's been coaching for thirty years and you know he's his head coach, but he's not above you know wiping the the microwave out or whatever it may be um so just just those little just doing the little things and and showing people that you know i really care and that you know i'm not too big for for any job and um so so for all my bosses i think they they see my uh my want to just to be a, a guy who uh fills in the cracks um if they say you know hey we want you to run summer camps this summer i don't you know, put my nose, my head down and, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just ready for any opportunity and to, you know, to put my name on something. So I th- I think that's, that's probably my number one thing is just my willingness to, to just do whatever part is needed to help the, the main, uh, the main scheme of things, the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I, I can recruit well um, because I can relate to the, to, you know, the players that I'm recruiting and things like that. And, I think I'm a pretty good evaluator of, of talent. Um, but, but I think more so than anything when it comes to actual football, I think I'm a really good teacher um, and developer of talent. And, you know, coaching at a place like Rice, you know, guys are usually well coached, um, you know, coming from the state of Texas. But uh, a lot of those guys, the, the reason why they're at Rice is because they still have some development to be made. Right. Um, and I, I was just really, really grateful to work at a, you know, a mid-major football program like rice where you have to really roll up your sleeves and get to work with those guys. And you're, you know, you don't get that finished product all the time when you're at a school, like, you know, rice or Houston and, you know, some of those, those, like I said, mid major uh, universities. So it it really, it really made me a great teacher. Um, And I I went to school for teaching. So that was, I kind of had that (laughs) uh, head up on a competition. So, but it was it was it's just been really a unique journey for me in the sense of I just like seeing my players grow. And I think um, you can see the passion for for teaching when I'm out on the football field. And I think that's one of those things I, I tell my players all the time. Your, your difference is what gives you value. Um, and I, I really take take hold of that. I, I know my strengths and I just try to embrace, you know, that that difference um, between me and, and other other coaches. Um, and, and I try to run with it and, and perfect my difference
0: well that, that was kind of the was the question I was going to ask you was you know a a, a skill player at a uh, at a big 12 you know university playing football uh, obviously I, I would assume it, you know a, a extremely athletic right if you're playing in the big twelve you' uh-huh. you're you're an athletic guy and so <clears throat> then you go and you coach at like you said a mid major school uh, and you don't get uh-huh. as athletic of kids or you know I'm sure you get a couple but but you don't get as yeah. many. So was it like a, a learning process? I'm assuming there was times where, where you could just do some things athletically that necessarily weren't coached, where it was almost like did, did you have to go back and think, okay, how did I do all this stuff so you could coach that to some of these kids that maybe didn't have that athletic ability?
1: For for sure. I, t- I tell people all the time that the greatest thing that ever happened in my whole life of being around football is is going to college as a quarterback and transitioning to receiver and then transitioning to tight end um, because I had to learn how to play those positions from scratch Um, and I had to be coached I had to be attentive to the little details because I was behind guys that they recruited you know that play that have played those positions their whole lives Um, so that was that was really good for me Um, in just my life being a part of football I I got to watch a lot of football from the sidelines and learning from guys who, who are really good. We, you know, we had some really good teams during my time at, at uh, Kansas, you know, some really good uh, players. So I was, I was lucky to be able to, you know, play around guys and play for some really good coaches who, who, you know, were very detailed in the way that they coach. So I think, I think that's been really good for me is just understanding um, with developmental players, especially that, um, you have to say it and you have to teach it in a way that's going to resonate with them and understand that they're, they're still moldable clay.
0: Do you think that's helped you uh, with with athletes that you guys have decided to change positions? you think it helps that, that you have been through that? Um, I, I'm sure you've talked to a couple of guys that have moved whatever from whether it be running back to linebacker, offense line to defensive line, whatever that switch is, is uh, has it helped you be able to talk to those guys since you've been through that? And and have you found any guys that really have a difficulty um, moving positions because, you know, they don't feel like it's their best
1: fit for them? For sure. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had that talk with a lot of guys um, throughout my career. And it's it's a great testimony for me to be able to, you know, sit there and, and say things with conviction and, you know, tell guys that, um you know, making the decision for the team is always the best decision. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I did um, as a, when I was a player at, at Kansas. Um, I could have been a – I was a good athlete. I could have sat on a bench and waited until my junior year to have a chance to play quarterback. Or I could, you know, play as a redshirt freshman and be on special teams and run down on, you know, kickoffs or be a backup receiver and things like that. Um, so that was one of the things that I really kind of took pride in and, and – I tell recruits as well as current players that, you know, we we move around that. Um, once again, that same kind of coaching point I said earlier, your difference is what gives you value. Um, don't look at it as a negative that, you know, you're moving positions or that you're, you know, an, an athlete, has the athlete tag. That's obviously a positive, you know, to be blessed with the, you know, with the abilities to be able to do multiple things.
2: Yeah. I like what you're saying about, you know, being an athlete because I, I've coached running backs before. And, uh, and you know, you've, you've talked about a lot of the different roles you've had to do. You know, running backs on, on football teams have so many roles. And I think, you know, a lot of people oversimplify it. It's like, hey, hand it off to the fast guy and watch him just find the hole and go score touchdowns. Well, For sure. they, don't, they don't understand, you know, the, the aspects of teaching them pass protection, teaching them how to run routes because right. a lot of those guys are going to get, you know, split out wide, we go empty. And then you're going to be coaching a special team. I mean, if you're, you're a running yeah. back coach, you know, hey, man, I'm here to recruit, I'm here to, to get these dudes ready to play, and then I'm here to coach special teams. So talk a little sure. bit about, you know, having, having to be able to wear all those hats and, and doing it with pride and at the same time being able to, you know, maybe make some of those compartments and compartmentalize things to make it a little bit easier for some of those running backs.
1: Yeah, so, so it, all, it all goes back to that deal where, where I said earlier, I, I went to school, you know, for helping PE thinking that I was going to be a, you know, a PE teacher and a, and a football coach. And, and really at the, at the core of all those things that you're saying, you have, we have to teach the guys to do those things. That That's why I signed up for coaching. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't golf at the, you know, for, at, oh man, I, I, I have to, you know, do this. I have to teach them how to pass pro. I have to teach them how to, read the you know the run and different things like that I, I look at it as I get to do those things that's you know why I wanted to get into coaching I didn't get into coaching just you know sit up in the box and, and just let those guys go out and you know and just run the football up and down the field you know I want to I want to say that I you know I helped that guy he came in as as a player and then when he left he came out a better player and a, and a better man um, so that that's really why I love coaching running backs because like you said you, I've never watched a running back's highlight tape where they, you know, there were five to ten clips of him in pass pro. You know, you, you literally – you never you never see that on anybody's huddle. So, I, I love that they come in and, and they're moldable, And and I can teach them to have passion for pass blocking and to have pass, passion for, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield or maximizing run plays instead of just, you know, getting the ball and going as fast as you can, you know, uh, with your head down. So, I, I really – I love – that's the reason why I love coaching running back so much is because I do get to do what I got into this profession to do, you know, teach. And then special teams. um, I love coaching special teams because you get to uh, mingle and and get intertwined with the whole football team. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and just just getting to know other guys and getting to coach other positions is is another, you know, plus, you know, for me um, getting into coaching because it's all about mentorship and, you know, helping helping you know plant seeds in guys' lives. So the more guys you get to coach, the more guys I get to coach. I, I love I love that opportunity because those are more guys that I feel like I can, you know, make a positive impact um, on their lives. Not just as a player, but a, but as a person as well.
2: Coach, how do you break up? I, I saw you know you're coaching you're coaching just running backs, and you have to coach the fullbacks. Obviously, you know, uh-huh. backs going to be a whole different skill set so how do you as one coach kind of break that up do you got a GA or a student that helps you a little bit with that how do you know how do you break some of those things up to get those guys up to speed too
1: yeah so so that's a great that's a great question um I actually for the first time in my career I do have a GA uh here at BYU (laughs) and and not only do I have a GA I have the second leading uh rusher in BYU history as my GA here
2: there you go
1: I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm lucky to have a a guy who you know he played in the NFL. He's well versed. He uh he kind of understands and and I trust him, and his opinion on things, and I trust him, you know, as a a developer of talent as well. So that really helps me be able to wear both of those hats. Um, we meet together, but also you know I I feel good to let him take the fullbacks and go you know do drill work or vice versa, you know. So that that really helps. Uh. To be able to you know have a guy that you can rely on and, and not neglect you know a certain position you know being able to uh you know to kind of not have to wear two hats all the time is, is definitely a plus
0: yeah I think the fullback's always the most difficult question uh at least for me when we're trying to figure out you know how we're going to practice because um you know it, it'd be nice to have a guy that can play tight end and fullback and all your tight ends can all play fullback. All your fullbacks play tight end <laughs> intertwine and, and roll with that. But just, uh, you sure. know, it's kind of how it works, especially in high school is you're going to have some kids that have no business playing fullback, but can play tight end and, and vice versa. So it's always like uh-huh. you put the fullbacks to the running backs because they're really not running backs, but, but maybe they can get some extra, work. Uh-huh. do you throw them down there uh-huh. with the tight ends who go with the offensive line? You know, but even there, you know, still, uh, if everyone's working double teams to whatever on the offensive line, that's not helping the fullback any. So uh, it's kind of like you said, almost like trying to carve out its own time for what are we doing with the fullbacks? And then also, you only have probably, you know, whatever it is, two or three fullbacks. So it's not like you get them a ton of reps either or or they're gassed out for the whole practice. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting you guys have them going with the tailback.
1: Is that how do you? Yeah. Did you
0: guys, have fullbacks at Rice uh, w- when you were there?
1: No, this is actually the first time in my whole <laughs> life I've been a fullback <laughs> or been a part of a fullback. Um, I play, I did play H back in college. So honestly, coaching fullbacks, there's a lot of uh, you know I've kind of been in the in the battle you know with with a lot of the things that we're at, we ask them to do. So that is a plus. Um, but I, I do like meeting with the fullbacks with the running backs because you know, when they're leading through there or, you know, blocking, I want them to understand why they're doing certain things. And, you know, and they're, they're hearing me coach the running backs up in the meeting room every day. So there's there's kind of like a rhyme and a reason to, you know, why I'm, hey, I, this is why I want you to do this. This is what the running back's looking for. So we're counting on you to, you know, to take care of your responsibility. I, I actually like having the fullbacks in our meeting room for that. Really, I, I, obviously, if I'm going to be coaching them, I want them in my room. But also, I, I want to I wanna have those guys uh, hearing what I'm t- telling the running backs so that, you know, when, whenever we're running the football, there's, they kind of understand the grand scheme of things. I,
2: I agree with you on that, too. I, I, I've seen it done a couple of different ways. But I think, you know, having them with the running backs, it, it helped a lot, too. I thought with, with some of the skills you were teaching the running backs, you know, about, you know, hat placement, where, where my hands need to be on, on an ISO block, could be very, very similar to, you know, how, how I'm picking up a, a blitzing linebacker coming through A or B gap. Um, sure. Also, you'd also hear, you know, when, when, you're, when you're talking about the, the fullback, ceiling on the backside of inside zone, you know, what, how he's going to hit it, what shoulders are hitting it with? And I think the, the running backs could also kind of see that. And, and we had some running backs at, at Tulsa who, who did have to block on some of those plays. So you'd mm-hmm. be at 20 personnel, and, and they could learn some of that technique too. And I thought they had a little bit greater appreciation for those guys ahead of him as well.
0: Sure. Coach, how often do, sure. you guys, do you guys get to meet with the offensive line, or, or do you at all as far as, you know, even pass pro or, or some of your run schemes? I think, uh, you know, obviously, if you want to be a good running back, you, you got to understand the schemes. you got to understand uh, whatever you're running, um, you know, the little intricacies of it. So uh, I know you and the offensive line, Coach, I'm sure, talk all the time, so you guys know exactly where you want to be, so you don't necessarily have to meet with them as a group. So uh, I'm just kind of curious, do you guys meet with uh, as a group as far as uh, tailbacks and offensive line, or are you guys split, you know, almost every time?
1: So we're we're pretty much split um, the majority of the time, but we do have times in practice carved out devoted to – it's more of a, a glorified walkthrough in, in a sense of, you know, blitz pickup will be ten minutes – you know, it's not – we're, we're servicing each other, but we're all kind of getting – the running backs are hearing what the O-line coach is coaching them up, you know, on the blitz and then – and vice versa. And then um, then we'll do like a run review during practice for about 10 minutes, that same thing, you know, kind of servicing each other, just half speed and we're, the guys are hearing it. And one thing we really believe in here is, is to is we'd rather, you know, be more active in our approach – we, we'd rather have less meetings and more walkthrough uh, just because we feel like the guys in this day and age, they're more visual for one, but also their attention spans obviously not as, as, as good as, as we, we were, you know, when we were, you know, coming through the ranks. <laughs> sure. But also um, the other – the thing I do like is, is when you get into the season um, during game week for your different – the different blitzes you may see. I do like meeting for about five to seven minutes with the O-line just to go through our, you know, kind of blitz uh, adjustments and, and protection adjustments um, with the O-line and, and, you know, putting in PowerPoint and having a couple of clips of what we're going to see so that we're all on the same page. But other other than that, um, there's I think there's value definitely in watching the inside drill with the O-line or different things. But it, it just – it depends on the maturity of your group. You know, like if I, if I have a young group of running backs, I don't really want them listening to a whole bunch of coaching. You know, I'm just trying sure. to get them – to, to, to get stay on the stay on the right track and to read the right uh the right uh aiming point get on the right aiming points and, and have the right read so I'm I'm gonna be coaching those guys up and it, it's sometimes kind of hard when there's another coach in there coaching his guys up you know once again going back to that attention span but when when the guys get a little bit older my um, running backs I do like to be a little more uh have them a little more ingrained in the x's and o's because I do Think there's a is there's is is a really good for them to kind of understand football um, from a deep a deeper level but, and also so that they don't get complacent and you know it kind of it doesn't get as monotonous once they kind of know and they've perfected you know the the base you know of of the run game and and pass game.
0: I, I love that you talk about doing more walkthroughs. I always thought we should have been doing that more in college. Uh, it seemed like we were watching film. It almost way too much like against other people's defenses i, I was always uh, for kind of watching our own film making myself better making you know a little technique and stuff but felt like we were watching other teams films so much where it was just like if we just would go out and get some more reps of this uh everyone would be a little more engaged and it, it would come down ta- down to again you just get to see it that many more times so uh, i think that's that's probably i'm sure your kids love that and it's a huge benefit for them.
1: For sure,
2: for sure. Coach, what do you? What are some of the things you guys do outside the classroom? Then, because I know, like you, you've said a couple times, the attention span is a little bit short, and then you know most of these kids are are learning through a, a piece of technology. I mean, everybody, let's face it, they're on their phone or they're on a on a tablet of, of some sort. Um, what What are some things you guys do at BYU, or maybe you did at Rice, to uh, to yeah. maybe accelerate or give some some kids some remedial things? you know, outside of you guys' meeting time and practice time. Um
1: I wouldn't necessarily I mean obviously there's more access. They can watch they can watch practice film on their own. They can get on the playbook on their own on their iPad. So I think that's definitely a benefit. Um and it I think it pushes them to, to study a little more film uh on their own than than back, you know, when we played. I mean it was it's kind of hassle you know having to go up to the building on your day off and Mm -hmm. you know you know and do all these ask ask coach to unlock the meeting room and there's just kind of a lot of built-in things to make you say you know what I'll just you know I'll wait till I get to the meeting so I think that's a huge asset to have where even if it's five minutes or ten minutes they're just laying restless at night can't go to bed they can pop on practice or whatever so I I think that's really cool and, and um, they have like our our playbook and, and the scripts that we you know run in practice. We push all that stuff um, to their iPads and things like that. So they they're definitely just. They, I think they have a lot of more opportunity to think about football than than maybe we did um, um, when we played. But during during the meetings, I, I like to be um, very interactive in our meetings. I'm not just standing up, you know, with the lights off and just sitting back there with the clicker and just, you know, monotonous in my approach. I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to make, you know, keep them on their toes. So instead of, you know, saying, Hey, this is what you should have done. I may ask the guy, Hey, what do you think he could have done better here? You know, or what, what do you like about this run? Um, and I, I like to do that. I like to, uh, I like to do that during the time um, that we're in a meeting so that you know, once again, the guys can't doze off, or that you know they're always kind of nervous that man, coaches he may ask me a question. Um, <laughs> and I, I, get, I, I give love them, that. I give them, and so so not only are they they paying attention, they're they're being receptive to the coaching points, and they're also building trust within you know the meeting room, and because there's a lot of transparency in that, and you know coaching up your teammates, and so that I, I find a, a lot of value in that, and just being very interactive in the meeting room. I give them uh, handouts and things like that. I grade um, practice film and and give them you know different grades and things and coaching coaching points you know on most plays that that the coaching. So I, I try to be a lot really hands on with things and just try to keep it more um, interactive than than just you know monotonous and and kind of the dictatorship that you know <laughs> some coaches in the <laughs> past you know you know had and, and also way we structure. Our meetings we don't we don't meet for nearly as long as you know um, they they did ten years ago you know we meet for about fifty minutes um, and if if there's more time than that we'll go do a walkthrough or things like that so once again studies have shown like these guys they're not gonna they're gonna check out you know when you get about you know around that forty five to fifty minute mark you know so just just different different things to to make sure those guys stay locked in and that they're you know they're they're receiving the things that I'm trying to uh, to coach them up on.
0: Coach, do you guys record your meetings at all? I, I've been to a couple of colleges and, and visited and seen that uh, you know see see those guys recording their actual meetings. So you guys do that at BYU? Any of your coaches?
1: Uh, not that I know of, we okay. do not. I've, I know I've known about the like the tool to be able to do it, but I've just never really found um, any personal value in it. Uh, I guess like if a guy had a Uh, emergency or something where you couldn't be at the meeting or, you know, you could record it and send it to them or, you know, there's different things like that that you could do. But I just, I've I've never personally had, you know, seen the value of doing that. Sure.
0: Uh, And and then my, my other question is, you know, and and just being around Rice, I I know that, you know, at at Rice university, it it is such a, um, a tough school to get into. It's a high academic school. Uh, were there any challenges with that uh with some of your players as far as uh having a, a more grueling uh you know schooling maybe than you did at kansas or, or definitely more than i had it at the university <laughs> of Houston? come on now yeah I mean, yeah, I was, oh, yeah i was working hard over there but it, it was it wasn't worth <laughs> of what rice was I, i'm sure
1: yeah we uh, i joked around with people all the time say you know and told them good thing you didn't have to you know have a uh, ACT scored a coach at Rice, so I, I definitely couldn't, even, <laughs> couldn't have been there. But, um, yeah, it, it's definitely a different uh, dynamic, you know, there than, than anywhere else um, just with the, you know, with the structure of the classes. It's, it's a small university, so there's not as many uh, classes that kids can take, you know, so that, that's a, a hurdle that, you know, sometimes you have to schedule uh, workouts and things and, and practice and meetings around class, you know, just because it's so limited, you know, with it being a small university, um, that's kind of one hoop that you have to jump through. And then the other hoop is, uh, I mean, these guys are rigged. They have a rigorous, you know, uh, schedule like every, every single semester. So these, the guys are, they stay up, they're not staying up all night to party. I mean, they're staying up studying and, you know, for the most part, most of the guys and, so we we do bed checks on you know away games um, for, at the hotel and and we just be waking the kids up at 10:30 you know knocking on their door to make sure they're in their room. So we we got to a point where we stop we stopped bed checking them you know because the guys are I mean you we hop on a bus to go to Hobby Airport and guys are knocked out you know just from Rice to Hobby. That's right. So it's – is is the, the guys are uh, they really wear themselves out uh, mentally uh, throughout the the process? But obviously. You know, our whole thing is is that you know they knew what they signed up for, and the guys made it work.
0: You guys got it nice getting to fly out of Hobby. We had to fly out of George Bush, so it was like a fifty minute <laughs> fifty minute bus ride to uh, get to go fly out of anywhere. And I used to I used yeah. to live over by Hobby. I lived on uh, on Broadway at Broadway Square, so uh, uh-huh. Hobby would have been a lot lot more a uh, lot easier to fly out of.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then, for uh, sure, yeah, for sure, it definitely was good. And
0: then at at, at BYU, you you probably have, you know, some of the same challenges or some some different challenges, but challenges that are are unique as well as far as, uh, you know, I I know there's sometimes you've got kids maybe for a year and then then they go off for, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the actual is, maybe a year or two Uh for some of these missions trips. So uh, maybe uh, Uh I'm sure you haven't been around that a a ton yet because it's your first year, but Uh uh, I'm sure that's also a different dynamic as opposed to, you know, most universities around the country.
1: For sure, yes, it's, it's definitely different, um, but it's, it's what makes this place unique, you know, and it's, it's really, is really great. Um, and and at the core of it, I, I respect, you know, people who, who, who have values and stick to it. You know, guys, they feel, you know, called to go on a mission, they do it. They don't put football, you know, before their relationship with God. So it's it's really it's really cool and unique to see and and when they, they get back from their mission, you know, just the the type of young men that they be, you know, they've become throughout that two year um, stretch that is really good. And the guys here, they're very mature um, because of that, you know, if they do go on a mission, but they're just very disciplined young men here. And and so a lot of the off the field issues that you may face at certain places, uh, you don't get here because of, you know, just the the structure and, and the, uh the discipline that that's ingrained in them you know from from you know when they're just kids and you know a lot of guys that we have here they grew up wanting to be at BYU you know so that's that's a great that's a great thing you know to you don't have to coach passion you know you don't have to coach you know getting up at 6 a.m to work to to lift weights you know because guys are this is their dream school you know so they're they go out and and they have that chip on their shoulder and that edge every single day because they're just grateful, you know, to be in, in in this setting and and be where um, they feel guys called them to be.
0: Are you guys allowed to make any contact with those, with those guys when they are away for the, for their mission? uh, If they decide to do that, I'm sure there's, I'm sure the NCAA has a thousand different rules for that, huh?
1: (laughs) No, well, I don't think it's necessarily NCAA rules, but um, definitely, um, just within the religion and throughout the, the mission process, they're, they're, we're not able to have contact Okay. Um, with missionaries, no. Okay.
2: Coach, I always like to ask this one of, of running back coaches too. Wh- what are your all-time pet peeves of, of running backs? I know when I coached them, <laughs> I always had a couple of them, but I, was, I always like to hear your guys' things that running backs <laughs> do that just drive you
1: nuts. Number one is just lack of ball security. I mean, I think that's any – any running backs coaches, I mean, obviously we get the ball in our hands a lot more than than other positions and in, 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 in more adverse situations than a lot of, you know, skilled positions. So the biggest thing is just guys who you can't trust with the ball. Um, so that's that's a thing that they're going to hear when they walk in as a as their first day as a freshman, they're going to hear it and they're going to hear it the last day on um, senior night, you know, before they go out on the field is just, you know, ball security and protecting the football. That's that's just my, that's honestly my biggest pet peeve. And then two is just, I would say just effort. Like I I always tell guys, I don't, I don't coach effort. You know, that's, that's something that we should never even bring up in a meeting on a practice field or anything. So those those are my two pet peeves. And honestly, I've coached them so hard that I really haven't had a problem with them, (laughs) you know, throughout my coaching career. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, you you know there's a potential for it so you just from day one you let it be known that that it is a pet peeve and i think it it resonates with the with the players and and they you know they truly you know try to go out and obviously as a player you don't want to make your coach mad so i i don't i don't let it be a surprise from day one i you know kind of set the ground rules and and um luckily i haven't had to you know really have to coach that stuff up more than you know the the first couple meetings that we have
2: my, mine's always the, the high school Johnnies that want to run, run to the sideline all the time. Oh yeah. That was, a, that was a <laughs> Dr. Bounce. Dr. Bounce a lot was what I used to call those guys. But if they For bounce sure. the power, if they bounce the power, man, Oh, I just go, oh, I yeah. just go ballistic.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. They, they, my guys, they, they know we talk, we talk about getting vertical. So that's, that's one of those things that I expect, you know, a guy to come in, you know, from high school they they were elite, you know, and they could do those things, but really from from the beginning when they come as a freshman I really I show them how that's not going to work at our level you know they you're not going to circle the field on on a you know a college defense you're just not you know very seldom you may do it once or twice in your whole career so let's figure out a way to be more consistent and do something that's going to allow us to um to ha- to be able to do it you know multiple times and be consistent and not be one hit wonders
0: coach i've always kind of been curious and and it's fun that I'm gonna to get to ask you but like so the really good running backs always they you always hear you know they got great vision they can set up second mm-hmm. third level defender and and make those guys miss and, and they talk about their vision you know obviously a bunch so uh is that something that that you guys are able to coach into a running back or are are the good vision guys Is just one of the one of their blessings it's just kind of one of the things they have and and obviously you can make everyone better at it but the guys that have the good vision—it's just kind of something that they have.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you can you can you can coach it to an extent um, and, and help them be more aware and more cerebral as running backs. But that's just something I, I believe. Vision is something that that's just God given, and there's not there's not a lot of running backs who have just that natural uh, vision. You know, that's that's just something that really separates the great ones from you know the good ones, in my opinion um but that that's that's a skill that I don't think you can really you can really coach you know just a, an innate feel to to understand that a gap's closing or you know to see two defenders away you know what the defense is doing those things are just things that you can't coach and um truthfully i i'm more worried about coaching getting to the third level or you know the things that are going to help us get there than you know than those the vision you know coaching vision i mean that's that's not a high priority on on my list as far as the you know the the daily details that you're going to need in order to be successful. So, um, you know, it's six yards is a really good play <laughs> if we can if we can rush right. for six yards of play, we'll be happy dogs. You know, but obviously, obviously, I, I try to I try to coach them to where we you know we turn a six six yard gain into a sixty yard gain. But um, I'm gonna coach them harder to get the six yards than than the sixty yards if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Coach, I was going to ask you this, too. So then you're, you're recruiting, and I know there's, there's different philosophies based on that for running backs. Are you guys trying to get, you know, the, the well-rounded guy, or are you guys trying to recruit a bunch of different guys that have different skill sets? So you got the blazer, you got the, the slasher, you, you got the guy that can maybe do a couple things. What's kind of become your recruiting philosophy? You know, hey, maybe it's it's to, hey, it's the best guy we can get. Can you talk a little bit about that maybe?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think you always have to just take. If if you get a really good one, no matter what their size or whatever, you got to take them. Mm-hmm. I I personally believe that. I mean, you you once again you can't coach vision. You know, really, you know as as much. So if there's just a guy that jumps off the screen, no matter how you know how big or or small they are, I think you have to definitely consider them. Um, I personally like to have bigger backs just because I think. um it's It's a little bit easier for them as they in their transition to you know playing at a high level um a college ball um it helps them in pass protection and the durability you know that you get with most bigger backs um but if they're if they're smaller you know the five nine guys or you know five eight guys as long as they they have muscle and you know they're not slender guys I, th- I think they have a chance they can play at this you know at the level that you know, I'm coaching that. So it really, it really just depends. I, I think your current roster has a big thing, you know, a big part of it. You know, if you have four big backs, I think you can take a, a, you know, a smaller guy who can, you know, pop the top on the defense a little more or vice versa. If you have a, you know, a bunch of scat backs, I do think it's it's necessary to look for a bigger uh, back, you know, out there. And I just don't want my room to look, you know, all the same. I don't want everybody to you know i look around and there's there's like a, a bunch of robots in there just a bunch of guys that all look the same and, you know let's say look so let's look like I,
2: adrian I, peterson
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i'll take as many <laughs> of those guys as i can
0: <laughs> unfortunately not a lot of those guys running around no. yeah
1: they they come around about once every 15 years
0: well, Coach, and then the other thing me and, me and Coach Walls have kind of always joked about is, and so I'm kind of curious about maybe your indie is it seems like uh, the running backs have by far the most uh, gear or traffic cones or, or bags or, or whatever in their <laughs> Indies. I think that's, that's a prerequisite when, when running back coaches learn to be running back coaches. It seems like uh, yeah. they're not allowed to go out there unless they've got you know, 10, 10 things of gear. Uh, you know, construction sure. zone, you know, construction stuff. zone. Are, are you, uh, oh, yeah. are you of that, uh, of that cloth as well? You guys have a lot of stuff going on during Indy and a lot of different bags and, and punching in gloves and balls with strings and, and a bunch of cool stuff like that.
1: Um, I, I would say yes and no. I don't, I don't like, I'm not a guy <laughs> who does a bunch of the, uh, the Instagram Drill work, you know, just a bunch of guys hopping over cones, jumping through hoops, running through a ring of fire. Like, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really into to that. I just, I try to, I try to get enough gear out there to where we can transition and and be efficient with our time. I think that's most important, you know. So if if I know we have five minutes, I'm gonna have enough gear um, to be able to to do multiple things and, and get multiple things accomplished within that five minute window. Obviously, if you have a little more time you know you can have more you know more uh drill work and more gear but i try to keep i try to keep it limited to be honest with you because of the setup um aspects of it and and once again if if i only have 5 minutes i have to figure out a way to you know to to, to cram in as much coaching as i can within those 5 minutes so um i may use five bags and two cones but we may be able to do three drills out of you know all the those materials that we have and i think that's the most important thing is it's not you know how many drills or what you can these concoctions you can you know you can build with all these bags and things. I think it's you know how, what what can you use to to coach the things that need to get coached and how can you um, you know be most efficient with the with the limited time that you do have as running backs. As you know, we're the you know the quarterbacks coach wants us to do routes on air, you know, right. and then the O line coach wants us to come do protection review, and then you know they want us to go do a run review, and then they want us to do. Uh, you know, seven on seven, and you know, and you look up, you don't, you're the only group that only has five minutes, you know, of of indie, you that's know, right. and the receivers, you know, they they get fifteen minutes, and the quarterbacks get their time. So that's being a running backs coach, you you definitely have to take that into consideration. Is you know what what can I how can I be most efficient, and uh, and and also how are these drills translating over to the gameplay? And that's something that is very important to me. Um, that I emphasize daily with our running backs whenever I can, you know, hey, hey, we did zone drill yesterday. We're watching film. You know, I say, hey, we did zone drill yesterday, and, you you know, you weren't pressing the bag on the zone drill. And now, look, you just made that cut a yard and a half away from the line of scrimmage. So now I'm planting that seed that drill work matters, you know. So they Mm -hmm. come out the next day, and they're a little more attentive. You know, they give more effort, and they understand because they're seeing it that we're not just wasting five minutes to, you know, so the head coach can look over and, and look, it looks like we're busy. We're actually doing things that pertain directly to what we're trying to get accomplished on the field every day.
0: That's something that as not a running backs coach that I, I've never thought of, but you're, you know, obviously you're exactly right is, is uh, you, you guys only get whatever five minutes, maybe you, because like you said, yeah. you got to go do seven on seven or, or you, you know, the quarterback wants to work. You know his his running back, you know mesh drill or, or whatever it is, and and then oh, yeah. and, and, you know inside and and so yeah, that's true, you know. So so and then I'm also you know sure you got to really be able to coach on the fly as well, you know. Oh uh, yeah, getting it going and and rolling and like you said, have to coach. I'm sure a lot off of film, especially if you're going uh, you know at a good pace during practice.
1: For sure, yeah, I get- I've uh, usually every time we start spring or fall camp, whenever we make that first practice plan, I try to put a foot in the ground early and say, hey, coach, we're going to need more, you know, Andy <laughs> time than that. <laughs> so they understand it. And usually I don't get as much as I want, but it's kind of you, you shoot high and, and then we, you end up being happy with, you know, having at least a little more than, than, uh, than you would have if you didn't speak up.
2: Coach, how do you kind of teach your guys on on routes? I know uh, the, the passing game. I I always love throwing the ball to backs. I mean, to me, you, mm-hmm. you're getting guys matched up on Mike linebackers. You know, you're getting guys down the sidelines, and and it's just so, something I think. Well, especially at the high school level, that that, that nobody covers tailbacks. So, w- yeah. w- what are some of the steps do you do to to teach routes? Do you guys get into empty and and have to teach them? Mm-hmm. You know, a two point stance, and and have to to run some routes. Is there a route tree you use? Maybe, maybe kind of walk, walk me through, you know, how you teach the progression with some of your routes with your kids because I think it's super important.
1: So, so I really start from the base. I mean, just a swing route. And I tell them – I really – I show them, obviously, how I want them to run the swing route, um, but I also show them why I want them to. So we'll watch film and say, all right, hey, listen, we're never going to call – we're never putting you on a swing route because you're the first read. We need to get out there, you know, get a pre-snap read for protection and get out of there quick because we're trying to stretch this defender so the quarterback can make a read, you know, if he wants to. So he can be able to throw that curl or whatever, you know, the concept is, a slant. And I kind of show them the importance, you know, of, of you know, why we're doing a certain things. Uh, but then also, you know, when you get to your option routes and different things like that, I try to teach him from the defender's perspective, or perspective and – coach him up on hey you want to put pressure on him vertically so that you know in his eyes you have a three-way go instead of you know coming out flat and now he knows the only thing you can do is break out um so I there's really a variety of things and if we don't I haven't been a part of a a lot of offenses that spread the uh, running back out and, and do a lot of empty but I'm a believer in how you do anything is how you do everything so I don't, I don't like my guys going out there and false stepping and all that. So I'm gonna, I'm just a, kind of that perfectionist coach. So we'll pre-practice, I'll get them all out there. We work on, you know, not false stepping and, you know, and getting a good two-point stance like a receiver, and you know, using hand, using hand-to-hand combat when guys are kind of, uh, you know, grab on you and things like that. So um, if if we're gonna, if we're gonna be using a pass game, those guys are gonna be you would, you would think we're receivers out there. You know, we're gonna be coached up. You know, just like a receivers coach would coach them. And I just think that's important that the guys understand that there's there there's importance to you know when we motion you out there and have you run a MOR. You know, it's not oh man, I gotta go you know just go run this route and I know I'm never gonna get the ball. You're you know I teach them that that's very integral for our success. You know, in in the the scheme that we're running. So I just I just try to you know paint the picture that every route matters. I know swing routes aren't glamorous and, you know, MORs aren't glamorous and things that they make us do a lot, but they're, they're important, you know, to the grand scheme of of the concept. and We need to take just as much pride in that as we do when, you know, we're, we're getting the ball in on inside zone.
0: Coach, I, I think the other interesting thing, uh, you know, about being at BYU is obviously, uh, and I think it's still this way, is independent conference or, you know, not, a, not a part of a conference. And so, um, you know you know at a place like Houston or, or wherever it's always hey let's win our let's win our conference and then we'll see what we do uh as far as bowl games go or not necessarily with Houston but other schools national championships and and stuff like uh-huh. that so so how do you guys formulate maybe your preseason goals not having a conference um you know not having a conference championship to be you know one of those goals for your team what what are the goals you know preseason goals for a team that is an independent conference?
1: Well, I think it is, it's really good from a coach's perspective. Obviously, um, you know, a lot of schools, they start off with FCS opponents or, you know, lower-level Division One opponents. Uh, we jump out the gate with really good football teams. So I think it creates a good level of urgency, um, you know, in spring ball and, you know, during this time in the off season in the summertime. And guys understand that, you know, we're not going to have those early games that are you know that could be fluff games you know that some programs take or um you know games that you know you don't have to play perfect football and you'll still have a chance but that that's one great thing about being at b y u is that these guys come here i mean they've grown up once again, seeing you know a national championship team they've seen you know they've they've beaten teams you know like oklahoma and and big name schools, and you know that um most teams wouldn't want to play these guys are up for those games and um when 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 you look at our schedule, you know, from our perspective, we expect to you know to compete in every single game. You know, we don't look at it as, man, we we have to play all these teams. You know, we we get to play all these teams and if you go out and win, you know, you people are gonna be saying a lot about BYU football program. So that's kind of our, our perspective on it. We don't we don't look at it as a negative. We look at it as a as a positive. I think it helps in recruiting. You know, when you come here, you're gonna play big name opponents. You know, we play, you know, re, you know about five or six teams every year that most team, most schools in the country wouldn't want to play. You know, and so that's that's really beneficial in our, you know, from our standpoint, but also we have the talent and we have the the resources to be able to compete with those teams. So, um I've I've been in different scenarios where you're like, wow, you know, this is this is kind of an uphill battle, but you know, we just we look at it as just great opportunities to set ourselves apart.
2: Coach, talk a little bit about this. I, I always thought this was interesting. Um, you know, you worked for, or you played for a guy, Man Gino, who was an offensive-minded head coach, and then you mm-hmm. worked for a guy, uh, Coach Bailiff, who I also believe was an offensive-minded head coach. Correct? Was it like
1: defensive.
2: Bailiff was a defensive guy too? It's okay, yeah. though. That's what I want to say. Then, so what? What's the difference then? All right, coaching on the offensive side, and now you've worked for Coach Bailiff, and then Coach Sataki who have been, you know, big-time defensive guys. How is that a little bit different? Is the practice structure different? Do the defensive guys get the advantages? I mean, what's it like?
1: <laughs> I, I think that so when it comes down to situational practices, I think they, they do uh, – they'll cater a little bit <laughs> more to the defense. <laughs> Dang, you're but right. Is, is another – a great part of, you know, working for defensive head coaches is that there's – they they kind of let us – they give us the trust to be able to coach our guys and do things that we, um, we feel that gives us the best chance to be successful, you know, and that, they'll still give us, come in and give us their defensive perspective on some of the, you know, schemes that we do or, you know, different situations and things like that. But it's, I think that's a really good thing to be able to, um, to be able to lean on those guys for their perspective from a defensive standpoint, you know, because they're so well versed, um, you know, defensively, but also not have kind of that hovering, effect that you could feel that, you know, for certain times, you know, when the, when the head coach is on your, your side of the ball. Um, and, and honestly, I'm a little biased because both of those guys are just incredible coaches who, you know, if they, if they hire you, they believe in you, you know, they're, they're not going to hover over even the defensive guys. They, they trust the guys that they, um, that they hired. So, um, it may not be that that way for every every situation where there's a defensive head coach but uh those guys are just first class you know I mean, i've been i've been really blessed to work for two guys who anybody would die to have the opportunity to work for them and, um so so from from that standpoint definitely is uh it's beneficial to be an offensive guy with you know with defensive head coaches you know especially really good defensive head coaches both of those guys have you know been coordinators at the highest level you know, so they they give us a lot of really good intel and input. You know, from a defensive defensive perspective.
2: Do they always want to run trick plays? Because any, any defensive coach, out <laughs> they they always wanted to come in and tell no you doubt. the trick play. Here's the trick plays you should oh, yeah. run.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I did. I have learned about defensive coaches. They uh, you can't you can't get enough uh, trick plays with them. You know, <laughs> third, third, third and fifteen. You can dial up a flea flicker. It doesn't matter. They're they're never going to question the trick play in any situation. They're always good with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny because it's it's hilarious because any place I've ever been, if it's a defensive guy, like, hey, walls, we need to run this thing. Like, dude, like, come on,
0: man. All yeah. of the trick plays. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it's definitely weird that that they believe so much in the, in the trick plays.
0: <laughs> and and they're always adding guys in the inside run. There's always somehow two safeties <laughs> oh, at, yeah. at seven yards somehow. I, I didn't know they, they played them that, oh, that yeah. low. And, yeah, so well, – Oh, yeah. Johnna, either, we'll, either.
1: Go ahead. Sorry. I, well, I said, well, either that in in an inside drill, they're going to have got safeties at five yards. And then in seven on seven, they're going to have eight eight guys dropping <laughs> in coverage every time. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: exactly right. That's, That's the, the
2: light world. World. Hey, Cody, why'd you why'd you go underneath him, Coach? The linebackers are twelve yards.
1: <laughs> yeah, hitting all uh, fifteen minutes worth of checkdown.
0: That's yeah. right. Well, Coach, we're we're running up on an hour, so uh, just kind of ask sure. you the last question I ask everybody. But uh, when you're watching someone else's offensive line, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive
1: line, Coach? Um, I just th- I would think, for one. Just the way that they play the game—is it you know—is it discipline? Are they working together on double teams? And then in the, the final stamp is just are, are they are they a finesse unit? or Are those guys getting after it? You know, down to down. And I think that that kind of shows you you know when when you watch film, you say, wow, these guys they they get after it and they're disciplined. And that that's honestly one thing I'm happy you know here at BYU is that we we have great O line O linemen. We also have great coaches. That, that help with our o line, and it's it's been night and day uh, with me coaching. You know, with the running backs here, it just makes your, your life a lot easier. And you know, I'm coaching up I'm coaching up guys. All right, how do we get eight yards on this play? You know, when we can guarantee get four yards on you know a certain run play. So that's that's just a huge huge benefit. You know, to be to be a part of those units. You know, so I always look and see you know how these guys get after it and how disciplined they are. You know, in, in the run game.
2: That's awesome coach. Great answer, man. I, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you uh, taking an hour. I know you guys are getting into the dead period now and you guys, you guys have had a long grind and you get about a, a month off. So, uh, appreciate you taking an hour of, of your basically vacation time to, to come on and run the power, man. That that says a lot. We appreciate it.
1: No problem, man. Really appreciate you guys and, and just, uh, support everything you guys are doing and look forward to hearing about, you know, you guys making an impact, you know, on coaches and, and just an impact on the game of football so really appreciate the platform you guys giving me and uh look forward to uh, following you guys moving forward
0: and that's gonna do it for this episode of rtp we want to again thank all of our sponsors you guys make sure and go check them out help grow our community by telling other coaches about run the power and if you enjoy running the power go get your shirt long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram and you can find that at runthepower. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.